ghosts, specters, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As at the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it. But hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of History of a Haunting. I am Laura Ackerman. And I am Carrie Hopper. Wait. Eh, wait, that's not right. Wait a minute. I mean, oh. our voices are kind of similar, but not quite. No, mine is way sexier, but also... And mine is way louder. <laughs> this is true. That is not a lie. Everybody's going to know it's <laughs> Right? That's Carrie. She's like... Anyway, uh, uh, hi. hi guys. <laughs> uh, uh, let me think. Um, and we're doing stuff. Really hard. <laughs> well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. All we're right. doing stuff. Um, I actually don't have any EVPs. And um, do you have any? I don't at the moment. No. At the moment. Okay. All right. Well, then let's just jump into the episode. Guys, today we are going to cover another uh file out of the ed and lorraine warren filing cabinet the smurl haunting um so let's just just get right into it right so i say yes. um yes it's gonna be another one of those tag team episodes guys where the history and the hauntings kind of go hand in hand so Laura and I are going to bounce off of each other and tell you the whole entire story together. There's no history. There's no set haunting. So we got our sources from thelineup.com, mcall.com. It was an article by Tim Blanger of The Morning Call. This article is actually written on April 2nd, 1987, around the time that the uh, activity was going on. And the pittstonprogress.com and and that's why we drink podcast, uh, which I love and I recommend. If you're not listening to it already, you should be. And if you are, then you've already heard this story. So just, you know, grab your glass of wine and settle in. So I'm gonna start my part with um a patrolman that had once been interviewed said that, quote, after 23 years on the job, I had thought I'd seen it all. He didn't want his name used because his chief didn't actually like the publicity. But this patrolman had never seen anything like what had transpired that August when folks from miles around would stand in front of the house on Chase Street and stare. He says, quote, it would be two, three, four in the morning and they would just stand there staring at the house. Some of them would sneak onto the porch for a look. Others would climb a tree. I'd stand there and look at them and wonder why they would be there. It was an unusual case. The patrolman remembers that neither he or anyone else in the small police department had personally seen any kind of strange events. The only strange events for them 
had actually occurred outside the home as as cars drove by in a steady stream on the tiny one-way street. When the police ended up having to block off the street because of the high traffic flow, people would park their cars at Ray and Derek, um, a lot that was on one end of the block, and then walk back to the house to stand and stare at this fucking house. So... From 1974 to 1987, the Smurl family claimed they were at the mercy of ghosts. Their story involves journalists, demonologists, and the Roman Catholic Church. It caught the attention of the media, which resulted in several published articles, a book, a TV movie, and even attracted infamous paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Smurls story. So to start the story, uh, for most of the country, the story began on a Monday in August of 1986. An Associated Press dispatch told of a house in the small mining community of West Pittston, uh, which was near Scranton, uh, being haunted by demons and of a series of strange going-ons. So one day earlier, a small notice had appeared on an inside page of the Sunday Independent, a local newspaper. The notice mentioned that a West Pittston family, the Smurls, had a problem with demons haunting their home, and they were seeking help. I mean, that's a very odd Craigslisty notice. All right. I literally (laughs) would read everything about that article or ad or whatever. I'd answer that for sure. (laughs) You absolutely would. Uh, So within a week, (laughs) 100%. So within a week, interest in the experiences of the Smurl family grew rapidly as dozens of electronic and print media representatives descended on Chase Street. The Smurls themselves became the object of much attention and alternatively ridicule. Um, I think it happens a lot um, in these kind of situations. Yes. So at the Especially s- when you put a fucking ad in newspaper in like I mean, kind the of. 80s. Like the penny saver. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the new times. You're at. You're kind of asking yeah. for it. You are a little. So at the center of all this uh, were the Smurls, an apparently normal, you know, all-American family, uh, according to Robert Curran, who was a reporter for the Scranton Tribune, who was working on a book about the family's ordeal. Um, Jack Smurl uh, was 45, was a production manager for, manager for the Tops Chewing Gum, Gum Company in nearby Dorea. Um, which also, as soon as you say Tops Chewing Gum Company, it just reminds me of that. Like, remember the package when I used to play, like, I used to play uh-huh. softball, so we would have, like, the shredded one? Is yes. that, that was Tops, right? With the shredded yes. ones that you would, like, uh-huh. the purple one, and then we would, like, chew it and try to act like we yeah. were, like, real Big league chew? Yeah. A, a thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, his wife, Janet, is was active in the church and they had four children. Uh, Don was 17, Heather was 14, and they had eight-year-old twins, uh, Karen and Shannon. So it began um, after a flood damaged, um, had forced them from their Wilkes bar home. Janet and Jack Smurl, along with their young daughters and Jack's parents, moved into a Chase Street duplex in West Pittston, Pennsylvania. It was a bit of a fixer-upper, but they put their efforts into repainting, retooling, and repairing it. Um, It was at this time that the eerie activity began, um, which we also know. This is very reminiscent of the Bel Air house. It really is, yeah. But as soon as you start 
moving stuff around. And we hear this time and time again, hotels that get remodeled, anything, mm-hmm. anything like that kind of stuff and stuff getting to move around. The ghosts get mad or activities. Yeah. Spike, You're kind right? of kicking some stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So initially the episodes were benign. Um, tools went missing, then reappeared. Old wall stains seeped through fresh coats of paint. Then the kitchen appliances caught fire even when they were unplugged, and a foul stench often permeated the house. It doesn't sound that's benign. I mean, I guess as far as I don't know what is going to happen later, but if that's benign, it sounds really bad. (laughs) I'm prepared for this now. This shit is catching fire when it's not even plugged in. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it's not great. It's it's really not great. That's the the story of the podcast. It's not great. It's not great. A thousand percent. It needs to be a sticker, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not great. And then like below that, history of a haunting podcast i'm like i don't know if that's great either right <laughs> dot 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 like, like, oh, maybe not mm. it is so, kind of funny <laughs> it is like kind it. of funny though i do like it um so still the Smurl family soldiered on jack was promoted at his job and doubled as his daughter's softball team coach janet became pregnant um and helped organize the anti-drunk driving group at a local high school the girls excelled in their studies and the in-laws were happy. I mean, you can't beat that. Uh, from everything right. that I've heard, I mean, I've never been married, but from what I understand, if the in-laws are happy, that's kind of really important to a marriage. It really is. It helps when okay. the family gets along. Yes. Um, but like all good ghost stories, their luck was about to change. So, oh, these people, poor, poor people. The Smurls were struggling to make ends meet. And I feel like every family can go relate, um, but not maybe not to this end. Um, Mary, Jack's mother, suffered a heart attack. The ghostly visits, meanwhile, intensified. Mary and Janet claimed to have perceived voices that sounded like one another. And we've talked about that before on this podcast, where there are certain... Um, Entities that will mimic you, and which I think is is insanely frightening. Um, We've heard of this a lot. I mean, on mm-hmm. um, from walkie talkies to just hearing other yeah. people that aren't yeah. there that you think are there. I hate it. We just it's, talked about this. This just happened to you. Mm-hmm. We just talked about it on episode. Oh shit! Yes, the mini episode. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ah. Uh. Kind of. I mean, I literally thought that I heard Chris and Audra upstairs in that house, and they were not, they weren't even in the house. Right. And maybe they weren't mimicking. Maybe it was like a husband and wife, but you just kind of thought. I just kind of assumed, yeah. No, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So they claimed to perceive voices that sounded like one another. Janet thought she heard her mother in law calling her name, while Mary thought she heard Janet and Jack in the throes of an argument laden with expletives. That's kind of specific. Like, I feel like you would know, like, I feel like if, if I heard, say, for example, Jennifer and Mike in an argument, I would, I know their voices. You know what I mean? And I've seen them fight before. I know how those fights would go. So if there's something that's like making me think they're fighting again, and it wasn't them, that would be, terrifying really or it's an escalated argument 
like yes something you hadn't heard before like some sort of escalate like it would obviously give you yeah for alarm yeah and i would probably rush to go find them and be like what the fuck is happening yeah. here see what's going on yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. a thousand percent yeah so they also said that ominous black masses formed and floated through the home. So the Smurls said that they have smelled the stench of smoke and rotten meat, heard pig grunts, hoof beats, and blood-curdling screams and moans. Doors open and shut. Lights have gone on and off. Formless ghostly glows have traveled before them, and the television show- Oh, this would piss me off. The television. Why can't I say television? I don't know. Television. Oh, it? <laughs> television. The TV set has shot across the room. Even the family dog, a 75-pound German shepherd, has been slammed against the wall while Jack stood nearby. I don't love this. I can't no. stand that. Don't involve the animals. Stop being a puss. Like, I would much rather... I'm not going to finish that sentence. I mean, there's I don't, not really don't touch place my to animal. Go from that, but mm-hmm. like, yes, like I understand. Yeah. Like it's just very upset. Don't touch my, yeah. Don't touch the my little dogs. puppies. Yes. So Jack Smurl also reported being dragged by demons while he was staying. No. Dragged by demons while he was saying his rosary. And then he was beaten into submission. By. Unknown forces. N- Nothing. Yeah. Unknown forces. Um, Janet said she was visited in the dead of night by a malevolent force that molested her in her sleep. Then Jack joined that club. Lying in bed with Janet, he heard someone whispering, a young woman, it seemed to him. When he turned to face his wife, he watched a shadowy figure run up her leg. After that night, life in the Smurl house grew darker if you can fucking believe it. It's not great. <laughs> Carrie, you always uh, get the best stories. I do. It's, it's not great. Mm-mm. No. So a light fixture began shaking whenever there was tension in the house. And one day the bolts loosened themselves and the fixture fell from the ceiling, cutting one of the daughters on impact. The family nope. dog was thrown against the wall. Janet said she was picked up by an invisible presence, dangling some six feet in the air, and then tossed across the room. Jack Jesus. claimed a yeah. Jack claimed uh-uh. a succubus entered the living room and raped him again while a baseball game played on the TV. Even neighbors reported hearing screams from the house while the family was out. Yeah, see, this is this is kind of a different story than we have ever really talked about. Like, I think we have briefly talked about a succubus in mm-hmm. one other episode. But this family, that's it's kind of why this story is a little bit notorious, is because this family, primarily the husband and wife, the adults of the family, mm-hmm. reported that they were repeatedly sexually assaulted by whatever entities were in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a dark, dark story. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. So continue on. Tell them the rest. All right. So let's <laughs> keep going. Uh, the family started getting dragged um, by nothing out of their beds, lifted mm-hmm. several feet up a, 
up off of their bed. So like pick up and lift it up. Mm-mm. No. Um, Number one, everybody that has been listening to this podcast from day one, don't fuck with Carrie when she's sleeping. Certainly right. don't drag me out of bed and don't lift me up. I don't love any yeah. of it. Nobody <laughs> wants to not. Um, there was also laughter that sounded like hissing could be heard throughout <laughs> the night. That just sounds <laughs> that's gross. Yeah. Gross. That's gross. <laughs> it's just gross. Um so terrified. I mean, obviously. Um, right. who fucking wouldn't be at this point? I don't know even know why they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> right um, for so long. Like, right? Um so the Smurls contacted self-taught demonologist, the self-taught demonologist duo, the Warrens. So after inspecting the house, Lorraine Warren, a clairvoyant with several well-known paranormal investigations under her belt. We all know who these people are and how very well-known they are. Um, she concluded that the Smurls shared their home with four spirits. There was a harmless elderly woman. Nope. A like young those. and possibly violent girl. Don't like a man who's (laughs) a man who suffered and died in the home, maybe, and a demon that used the other three spirits to destroy the Smurl family. Nope. Goodbye. I'm going to break my lease. I'm going to fucking go into foreclosure. I don't leave this house. Burn it down. Burn it Um, down. Right. Just act like there's a spider. (laughs) Burn it down. You got a ton of um, ants. There's maybe a sewer roach in the corner. I don't care. Light that bitch up. Wait. For real. Um, okay, so group prayer sessions and exorcisms were conducted, yet the attacks continued. They had no effect. Um, so the Smurls took their story public in hopes that someone might hear of their plight and know how to help. Um, their the plight, family, for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the family ended up getting more than they bargained for and the press latched on and like a malicious spirit refused to leave. Yeah. It was the same thing with like the Enfield poltergeist. Mm. Like once the press finds out it, it, that's it. It's done and over with for you as far as your that's credibility happened. and like, yeah. Yeah. Even your jobs half the time, you know, like people mm-hmm. just like your entire life is ruined at this point. Yeah, for sure. But you might um, you you would probably would have to be exceptionally desperate to to do that to be like okay we don't know what's going on Ed Lorraine of all fucking people Ed and Lorraine Warren can't get this shit under control maybe there's someone else if you were that desperate and that kind of um, uh, tied to the location either be it emotionally financially whatever. I, I, desperation makes people, people do crazy to, stuff. Like, just get up, like their jobs are there, their families there, their lives are yeah. there, the kids school. They're like, it's not easy to just pick up and leave. Most people don't. One don't have the money. Their fa- it seems like their family was already kind of in desperate straits with the health conditions of their older relatives. Like you can't just yeah. pick up and leave. It's really hard to do that. Good luck so, to you guys. Bye bye. <laughs> right? Exactly. Unless yeah. you want to go camping forever. No, no, God. Why would you say the C word? Okay, so oddballs ended up camped out in front of their house. Um, Cameras (laughs) flashed and reporters flooded their lawn. Um, Cars of onlookers cruised by hoping to catch a glimpse of something from another dimension. 
the Smurl family found themselves at the center of a media circus. Well, they put an ad out, but go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does happen. Um, the demons, the Smurl said, were terrorizing them and had been doing so for about 18 months before the Smurls approached the Sunday Independent. Their case attracted much national attention as stories on the family and the reported troubles appeared in several national, regional, and local newspapers, as well as receiving widespread reports on television and radio. But can you just, for one moment, like, this is why, in these cases, <laughs> I feel like you can't, um, like, I'm not into victim blaming anyway, but also, if these people really felt this way, yeah. how embarrassing and like you said, desperate and terrible yeah. they must have felt yeah. in their community and their lives. And I mean, this mm-hmm. just, you got to feel for them regardless of how you feel about the story. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and what made it worse was that the Roman Catholic church um, in Scranton actually sent representatives to their house um, to kind of ascertain what might, what might be going on that was causing mm-hmm. this activity. Um, unfortunately, those priests were not able to do that. Uh, multiple priests visited the Spurls to bless their home. And they uh, one priest spent two days there and two nights and was reportedly, in, he had uh, encountered no harmful activity while on the property. Okay. So, um, yeah, he basically moved into the household, hoping to witness this, and nothing happened. And so, after two nights, he left. Um, There's a number of reasons that might happen if we're leaning toward believing the Smurls. You know, they had had a bunch of people coming in, uh, trying to find activity, investigators of the day. Uh, Then you bring in the Roman Catholic Church. It it doesn't really surprise me that whatever was going on stopped because, you know, I mean, that's kind of the big guns, right? Like the Roman Catholic Church, you bring that in and it's like, uh uh-oh, we should keep a lid on this for just a minute. Especially if we're talking about demonic energy, like in Mm -hmm. the battle of that, you would think that as soon as they saw priests, they kind of like fuck off, you know, a bit. Exactly. mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So that same year, the Smurls expressed exhaustion over the incessant media scrutiny. And in 1987, the family ended up um, packing up and leaving their Chase Street duplex. Supernatural phenomena reportedly followed them to their new home back in Wilkes Bar um, Mm -hmm. until a church-sanctioned exorcism in 1989 cleared the house of its activity. Since then, experts, priests, television producers, and journalists have all scrutinized this moral story, as, of course, they're going to. Um, There was a journalist by the name of Robert Curran, and um, he kind of got involved with Ed and Lorraine Warren um, and kind of chronicled their case. Um, Through that, they ended up Robert Curran and Ed and Lorraine Warren ended up writing a book called The Haunted One Family's Nightmare. Now, many reviewers of this book regarded it as very one-sided, um, kind of echoing skeptics' perceptions who kind of 
saw rational explanations behind the otherworldly claims of this family. Um, it, it, it's worth mentioning that subsequent owners of the same house say that nothing unusual ever happened to them in the home while they were living there. So, okay. um, additionally, there was another investigator by the name of Paul Kurtz who published a case study of the West Piston, Pit, not Piston, Pitson. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> West Pitston haunting. There you go. In a magazine called the quote Skeptical Inquirer. It's a publication of the, here I go again, Committee for the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal or the C-S-I-C-O-P. I can't believe I could say that, but not Pittston. It's like CSI cop. It's CSI cop, yes. So while both Kurtz, the skeptical inquirer guy, mm-hmm. and Curran, the author of the book with the Warrens, disagree on many of the circumstances of the case, both actually, interestingly, I think, agree on one point, the sincerity of the smiles. So Kurtz, the skeptic, says, quote, we receive a great number of similar cases, but this seemed so beyond the pale. The Smurls were obviously very emotional about this. Their case, too, seemed so outrageously hilarious and nonsensical. It was the first time we had reports of a man being raped many times, which, again, this is in the late 80s. We now know today that men can be raped many times. This was a very ignorant thing. Time and not something. Exactly. Yeah. Very taboo for the times. Right. Exactly. Men just, if they were being raped, whether by a human or spiritually. Especially by a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, Nobody, they weren't talking about it. So Curran, the author of the book, speaking by telephone from his home, said, Quote, what we have here is an all-American family. These people, these aren't people floating on clouds in any way. These are people who have standards, who live by standards. As I started to talk with them, I realized the sincerity of the family. A combination of factors made me realize that this is a family that has everything to lose through public ridicule by making known what happened to them. This certainly isn't the type of family that is going to concoct a story. The story is absolutely too bizarre to be fabricated. And I think you and I can kind of both agree. It's, it sounds insane, but at the same time. I think the best things that I love to find out are true things that sound the most fucking bizarre that you would never believe in a million years. Those are the, the best. Most, and those yeah, are the most asinine shit that you could possibly. And you're like, like, is this fucking real? Like that. Those oh shit. That's just happened. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah I completely mm-hmm. agree. Way better. Truth is way better than fiction in so many ways. It really is. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what's worth mentioning is that their neighbors um, started having weird things happen, too, mm. during this time. Okay. Um, so a guy named Bill Watson lived right next door to the Smurls, and he still lives in that same house. Um, he recalls that what it was like on his normally quiet street during the height of the media madness. Um, quote, everything got out of control, he said. CNN was here on my porch. There was a camera crew from Germany in my driveway. 
there were so many people, right? That's fucking crazy. There were so many people I could hardly get out of my car to go to work. End quote. Um, So in addition to the media, you know, you have the crowds of rubberneckers swarming this tiny street day and night. Um, Carloads of teenagers and family cruising by and pointing and laughing. You have um, motorcycle gangs wearing devil insignias uh, roaring down the streets. Jesus, uh, lim- oh my God. Right? <laughs> Limos and buses from a bar in Scranton brought parties to Chase Street. Oh, oh my cool. I'm all clever no marketing the- on your point. All right, uh, no fair point, clever police. marketing on your point. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But no wonder the police fucking blocked this road off because it was a one-way no road, shit. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was a truck selling pizza and hoagies that was parked at the end of the street. <laughs> If it was a truck selling pork barbecue sandwiches, Laura would be there. I wouldn't be there. If this was fancy, mm-hmm. I would be there. <laughs> um, so in 1986, Watson and his wife, Phyllis, had a daughter, Debbie, um, and also a son, Paul, living at home. Debbie, then, who um, at the time was 21, um, her second floor bedroom was just 15 feet from the Smurl's upper floor. She heard scratching her window and experienced her room turning ice cold. Nope. There's some don't scratch at my window. Right. Mm-hmm. Nope. Creeps. Turn it cold. And it's the second floor. Uh-uh. Yep. Right. I can do with the air conditioning in Arizona, but mm-hmm. save yeah. me on my bills. Um, but there's <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, their son Paul heard the strangest tapping um, when he was visiting the Smurl house one evening. So Phyllis and Bill also experienced um, unexplainable phenomena as well. So in the book, The Haunted One Family's Nightmare, which was co-written by Robert Kern, who we kind of talked about earlier, um, and, and Lorraine Warren, um, Phyllis said in that book, um, she wondered if her friend Janet had let her imagination get the best of her until the night that she heard piercing and ragged screaming coming from the house. Ew. Bill also, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Not great. No, Bill no, also no. heard noises, which he described in the book as sounding like some gigantic bird trapped in the house and trying desperately to get out. I'm not exactly That's, sure what that would sound like. I imagine a lot of squawking, but it doesn't sound great. That and maybe a lot of like banging, maybe a lot like of flapping, like, yeah, flapping uh-huh. against walls and windows and like rattling, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't love that. Try to be the birds. Squawk like a bird. Squawk, squawk, bang, bang. I don't know. That's all I got. Squawk, um, squawk, bang, a- bang. <laughs> that's very demonic. Good job. I did it. You did it. I mean, that's probably what he would say. That was it. That was exactly it. He's going to be like, that is the demon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm taking it. back to 1986. Um- <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So among the visitors to the Smurl House um, was Scranton native Pulitzer Prize winning playwright and actor Jason Miller, who played Father Damien Karras in the 1973 horror film The Exorcist. I didn't know he was a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Like, I didn't didn't either. This guy's face yeah. is burned into my brain. But even he so he died in 2001. He actually mm-hmm. didn't experience any of the phenomena in the house. 
He was sympathetic to the Smurls and believed something was going on, even if he didn't fully accept it was demonic possession. Again, he was an actor. He was a playwright. He played a priest in one of the most iconic demonic possession movies ever, but that doesn't actually make him an expert on it. He was just, you know, so guys, keep that in mind. But he did tell the Scranton Times that the Smurls were, quote, terrified that the infestation of the home will go on to the family. So, with a book published and a movie made, local newspaper columnists, that's a hard word, um, accused the Smurls of running a scam for money. Now, Karen Smurl, who, along with her twin Shannon, is Jack and Janet's youngest daughters, said the notion that their parents, two ordinary working-class Catholics, who met when they worked at Tops and Jurea, could have concocted a haunting scam for money and pulled it off is absurd. So this girl is now a social worker at Step by Step. She's also a paranormal investigator and a radio co-host of Paragirls, an Apocalypse Nation radio program, which we need to find out and listen to immediately. We sure do. Yeah. She is often a guest on paranormal radio programs as well. She says, quote, we never made money from the book or movie. Who would want to go through all that media and public bashing? And I, I, it's a good question. Who would do that? Seriously, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, even if you yeah. don't believe the story, like, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to see a lot of people signing up for this, especially in the 80s when it wasn't. Okay, social media is like a complete different thing now where you can make so oh, much yeah. money on mm-hmm. so many different avenues, right? You. Instagram will pay you. TikTok will pay you. You can have movies. I mean, it's just so much more common to be able to turn things into money. Yeah, Laura and I are rolling in dough. Oh my God, so much. It's so, it's so, so so much dough. She goes on to say to the naysayers, I hope it doesn't take something as extreme as what we went through to make them believers. We wouldn't wish our experiences on anyone. Now, Ed Warren did say that there were many more spirits than just those four that were mentioned. He witnessed and um, kind of swore to, like, did like a um, uh, like an affidavit. Like thank you, thank you. I um, can remember that word. <laughs> Don't yeah. ask me about a movie. I got affidavit though. <laughs> that word that Laura said, he made one of those, um, saying that he witnessed a number of paranormal experiences, like the fridge opening, the fridge opening chairs moving of their own accord, but they didn't actually report them because they were so minor compared to the sexual assaults that Jack and Janet experienced. And I'm sorry, I got to agree. Like, I mean, that's kind of the, these people were, yeah. Um, He stated that the movie made in 1987 was accurate and that there was no Hollywood flair added to it. Uh, now, Jack Smurl died in 2017 at the age of 75 after a long battle with diabetes. Karen Smurl, a girl, again, the girl that I just quoted, she was one of their twins. Uh, she was the Smurl's youngest twin daughter. He's, she said, quote, he told my mom that one of his biggest regrets was that he wasn't going to make it to their 50th anniversary. So at the Aww. end of the day, they were just a family. Um, they were just a family, and it's it's not like they died rich. Their reputation was in tatters. They probably felt like they had their backs, um, you know, the, the Catholic Church turned their backs on them. 
their mm-hmm. neighbors, their friends. Especially as Catholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you hear a lot about that in some of these stories that we cover, right? Like the Catholic church is like, mm, I don't think so. And and yet there are genuinely real people out there going through some of these really devastating spiritual paranormal things. Um, and paranormal hauntings, so- are, it's a spiritual issue. I mean, I think in so many levels, especially for people who believe so much in their religion yeah. and in the doctrine of the Catholic Church that when they don't help you, that's like your place of refuge for these mm-hmm. issues, right? There's nowhere else to go, um, which just makes me sad for them. But yeah. I also love that they it's- together. Yes, they did. You know, and this article also said, like, Karen talked a little bit more about, like, their upbringing. Like, even when they were living in that house, they still celebrated Halloween. They still got dressed up. Their mom still, even to this day, their mom still hands out candy on Halloween. And, like, they, the, the parents made it, made every effort to make sure that their children had a normal upbringing, even though they were living in very, very abnormal circumstances. Circumstances. It just kind of goes back to my personal belief that it's your your personal relationship with God. Um, and yes, churches are considered to be God's house. But I mean, if you believe in God, you believe that he created everything. So he's not just in a, a building with building. four walls and a roof and pretty okay. glass in the windows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I love that his biggest regret was that he didn't make it to his 50th wedding anniversary with his wife. So that is that on the notorious Smurl haunting, guys. That's what do you think, story. Laura? Do you believe it? What do you think? As a skeptic, what do you think? I think that, I mean, as far as, especially when we first started talking about the phenomenon that was happening in the beginning, um, like the stuff where you're leaking through walls and what have you. I'm like, if you don't fix a problem, that's going to happen. So it, it, as far as, as the, a new homeowner, I'm finding that out too. <laughs> I'm like, well, that can be yeah. actually. So that's, that wasn't, it didn't strike me as anything weird. It's a new house to them. They don't know what the problems are. Okay. That seems kind of, yeah. Like these, these things can happen. Um, the stuff getting tossed about, um, obviously if it's people getting picked up and dogs are getting thrown about, that's very hard to explain if, if, if that's what happened. Um, right. The other succubus stuff and all that, I've never, you don't hear a lot about it. Um, I, and after this, even, like, why would you, I don't right, even know as a paranormal investigator, I don't actually know as it's hard enough for re- actual living rape victims to report the crime. Right. right? So, it happens in your own home through what can only be described as a demonic entity. You're immediately going to be discounted. Your credibility is shot, which yeah, makes there's so much the that's tied to that. so much worse. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're talking about the eighties too, when none of this stuff was, there's no me too. There's no, no. Um, way less. Men are certainly, if, even if it was, 100%. Oh, so yeah. all Men of this is, I mean, reporting right. no. these people, I mean, I love that they stayed together and the fact that they didn't capitalize on it in my mind makes it seem so much more legit in the way that they clearly weren't out to make a buck yeah. in the way that, I mean, they didn't, there was no, 
upside for them at all, it seems like, um, which is almost kind right? of unfortunate. Yeah. It kind of makes me feel sad for them. Like, at least if they would have made some money off a movie or something, like, you know, something, yeah. they could have gotten like a nice house in a not haunted place. Um, so it just, I think at the, at the most, I can't, I don't know anything about, besides what we hear about succubus, um, like in fiction, I, I don't know anything about it, to be honest, besides what you hear about in fiction, which is nothing probably compared to what actually happened. So I can't really even speak on it. Um, but I, I guess I just feel like my, my heart goes out to the family just for what transpired and how they were ridiculed and all the shit that you know that they had to go through regardless of how how you feel about the truth of the story it seems like they just had a really awful time of it and it just what is sweet is that they stayed together i thought that was like at the end of the story i was like oh at least that's nice like it sounds like they went through hell back regardless and at least like yeah they ended up like a nice family situation like they had to work really hard for that i mean it's hard enough under normal circumstances imagine this shit (laughs) They really did. Yeah, they really did. There's a lot of um, famous families that have been through similar things. Certainly George and Kathy Lutz, they did Mm -hmm. divorce. Um, They were on their second marriages. Like the kids that they had were her kids. They weren't his kids. So it was one Mm -hmm. of those blended families. They didn't last. Yeah, I mean, most people do anyway. Unfortunately, it's just too easy. The divorce rate is true, yeah. yeah, But it's way too easy. Yeah. I don't know about that, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just too easy. There's a place called the divorcestore.com. It's just too easy to get divorced. It's just too easy to give up. Oh. So says the person anyway, who's been married. <laughs> You're all there's I a reason. Mean, <laughs> you can go on about for me. I'm going to launch a therapy site um about how you a marriage counseling, if you will. Um, I'm absolutely kidding. Do not take any of my fucking relationship advice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, guys, let us know. What do you think? Do you think it's legit? Do you think it's a bunch of bullshit? What are your thoughts, your opinions? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's that on that. Uh, Laura, do you want to close us out? Do you remember what we say? It's been like a year almost. <laughs> Well, just to let you know, you can always find us on. We've been doing lots of stuff on the TikTok. Oh my Carrie God, so much stuff on the TikTok. On the TikTok. Carrie's on the TikTok, making the TikTok TikTok. So yes. thank you for being it out. If you want to listen to no, Carrie sing badly, then you should absolutely go on the TikTok. <laughs> We're also on Instagram. You can find us on our Facebook and it. H-O-A-H podcast.com. You can also find us everywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast, which should be us. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple, um, Stitcher. Um, oh my God, I'm going to run out of them. And basically anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. Also. Yes. Good job. Thanks. Good job. Do you want me to close it out? <laughs> do you want me to say no, it? No, I got it. Do you want me to say it? I was about you... to say it. I thought I had it. I thought it made me laugh. Okay. Um, be safe out there because you never know who is listening. <laughs> Yay, I did it. You did it. It only took me job. six months, but I made it. <laughs> I remember, I'm starting to remember all the things. I made it, write it down. It's fine. All right, guys, we love down. you. <laughs> <laughs> she might have made we me, love- but I lost it. <laughs>
<laughs> I lost it. I gave it to Zayda Calera. Right. Uh, it's one of it's one of the ninja kittens' new capes or something. <laughs> Dude, you just that is the shit that's going on in my house right now. <laughs> it is literally what's going on. What is it? What is it called? Zane's been singing Secret Agent Cat. <laughs> Secret Agent Cat. That's right. They're all 007 kitty cats. Um, so anyway, if you would like to adopt them, please reach out to Love Heals Rescue. That is who is fostering all of Laura's kittens. They will be up for adoption in a couple of weeks. So we will post all of those on our on our social media as well. Uh, we have named them after the podcast. There is uh, Carrie which Laura says is the dumb one, uh, <laughs> Laura, a.k.a. Patches, and also Nancy, um, who apparently is the bossy one, which makes a whole lot of sense. Um, she is the bossy Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you were just as horrified and disgusted as we were telling you the story. And uh, let us know, do you believe it? Do you not? And what would you have done in the same situation? I would have gotten out of there, but then I would have sent my more like, uh, uh experienced friends in to find out what was going on what would you have done leave stay uh, agreed i would have been dude if there's like a if there was a scorpion living there i would have left like there's not a lot that was like i'm gonna be like nope i'm hanging on to this i would have burned that shit down and left like a fucking day one i All am right, not hanging on to anything that. i'd be like uh, calling every one of my yeah. friends i'm coming to say I mean, yeah. I know not everybody has That's an option, but I, there's no fucking way. Not a goddamn mm-hmm. way, I would say there. No, no, nope. no, absolutely not. Anyway, all right, guys, we love you. We will see you next week with a brand new episode and a very, very special guest host. We will see you next week. Have a wonderful night. <laughs>